0: A book of Daniel, if you would. So, Daniel chapter one. I know we, we often, sometimes I think, uh, even like stories like Pastor you mentioned, or no, it was Brother Dan, um, David and Goliath. You know, we kind of often write those stories off as ch- kids' stories. But they're not. That's the word, this is the word of God. Alright, it's meant for everybody. You know, adults, I mean, and you look at the book of Daniel, I mean, these were, these were kids. But there's a lot of stuff in that Daniel chapter one when I kind of went through it, just teaching it here to the teens the other day and it was, it's just like that come now fount. You know, there's, there's, you're going to have to purpose in your heart. If you're going to seek the Lord every day, you're going to have to purpose in your, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's a bunch of stuff in there that's just all can apply to today. And, Thank God for His provisional meat that He gives you every day if you seek Him in His Word, and He'll give it to you. Amen. So, amen, Daniel chapter 1, if you would. We'll just kind of, we'll read through these verses, and I'll just kind of come back through them. So Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 1 says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king, the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science. You know, what's neat about that science, I mean, that's only in your King James Bible. That's just a little fact right there. All the other versions took it out. So you're saying science and the Bible go together? That's what God says. Yeah. But other people take that verse out. And I don't like to always teach on that. You know what I mean? But like I tell people, I'm not King James only, but I'm only going to read a King James. I'm Jesus Christ only. So anyhow, but children in in whom was no blemish, but in well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's place, palace, excuse me, and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name Beltshazzar, and unto Hananiah of Shadrach, and unto Mishael of Meshach, and unto Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my Lord, the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse like than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make my endanger my head to the king. Then sent Daniel to Melzar, "...whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, "...prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants." So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. And at the end of the ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in the flesh." and all the children which did eat of the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melsar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, that the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them and among all was none found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding the kings inquired of them. He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers. And were all in this that were on all his realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of Cyrus. So I mean there's a lot that goes on right there. But you see that these kids, they were brought in there, and these were some standout kids by the time it was all said and done. That's why I like how this, this thing just kind of finishes off. But uh, just real quick, backing up there to verse number one. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Net Jerusalem. And you know what? He besieged it. I mean, he took it over. And you know what? God told him to do it. If you think about that for a while. And God humbled Nebuchadnezzar at the end. I heard a preacher just say that a while back, which kind of made sense. He goes, you know, you you, you think, you see all these crazy people out there in the world, he says, but God made Nebuchadnezzar pretty crazy. And then he brought him back to his right mind. I said, oh, that's good. You know. Daniel chapter 4, verse 20, they talk about that tree and just how well, how big Nebuchadnezzar had gotten. I mean, he was he's way bigger than like a LeBron James, so to speak. I can't think of any other, you know, a Tom Brady, you know, or any other ruler. So Daniel chapter 4, verse 20 says, The tree, and this is speaking of that tree, we're not going to go into all that. The tree that thou sayest, this is Daniel speaking to the king, grew and was strong, whose height reached unto heaven and sight thereof of all the earth, whose leaves were fair and fruit thereof much, and in, and it was meat for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king. He says this whole dream, this whole tree, it's all about you. That art grown and become strong for thy greatness is grown and reachest unto heaven and thy dominion to the end of the earth. He says, you know what? The whole earth knows about you, buddy. But you know what? You're going to get humbled. And he tells them. Verse number 25. It says that they shall drive thee from men, and dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as auction. They shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and the seven times shall pass over thee. Seven years he's going to grow till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give it to the whomsoever he will. This was Nebuchadnezzar. Verse number 34 of chapter number 4. And in the end of the days, I had never... This is what he said after all that. His hair, you know, the feathers came out and his claws grew out. And he finally comes back to himself. Like the maniac of Gadara, except, you know, way worse. I, Nebuchadnezzar... This is him speaking in the Word of God. I mean, that's, that's something. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven and mine understanding returned unto me. Oh, there's one time he said it. And I bless the most high and I praised and honored. Amen. Uh, him that liveth forever, whose dominion is everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and my brightness returned to me. And my counselors and my lords sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom. And my excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King King of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. (laughs) And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. I mean... Man, I love that. Man, that'll help you. Especially you read through Nebuchadnezzar, and he made all these things, and you're just like, man, God's got a plan for you, buddy. Better learn from the book. But in verse number 2, you know, his his reason returned. He was in his right mind. He was clothed, you know, didn't have eagle feathers anymore. There's hope in Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? There's hope with the Lord. verse number 2, and it says, uh, Daniel, chapter number 1, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. You know what's neat about these vessels? They're mentioned before Daniel. They're also mentioned over in Jeremiah. They're also mentioned over in Nehemiah. These vessels are mentioned over in Ezra. God cares about his vessels. He cares about his vessels. He cares what's put in them. He cares how they're used. You read over there in Daniel chapter 5, and it says, you know, then that was Belshazzar, not Belshazzar, but Belshazzar. He came in there. I'll just read it to you. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and of brass, iron and of wood and of stone. This is Daniel chapter 5, verse 4. I apologize. In the same hour came he forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick. In the same hour. Same hour. I mean, hey, we're having a good old time, and all of a sudden, you know how it goes, the writing gets on the wall. The same hour. And i just got and read verse 6. Then the king's countenance was changed. And his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. (laughs) You know know what I mean? You're just drinking, having a good old time with this stuff you stole from the Jews. And all of a sudden a writing goes across the wall. And he's like, (laughs) that's what it says. His knees, he was scared. And he calls up, you know, there's all the magicians and the stallers. They don't know nothing. Oh, but there's this one guy. He knows the God of God. He knows the God of the spirits. He knows the father of all the spirits and he knows him. And Daniel tells him the dream. No, God cares about his vessels. God cares about you. He cares what you put in your body. He cares what you're watching. He cares what you're listening. He cares what you're doing with your time. He cares what you're hanging out. Amen. Verse number three. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. You know what? There's always going to be an attack on kids. Yeah. I see a lot of kids in here right now. There's always going to be attack on you. Yeah. Especially purity. Yeah. Especially if you're going to try to live godly. Especially if you're going to try to do what's right. Especially if you call yourself a Christian and you're of the seat of God because you have a, high, or a higher moral that came from this book. This is your standard. The world wants the standard, but they don't want God. Right, right. Oh, you shouldn't kill. Well, where did you get that from? Right. Because if I came from animals, I mean, lions kill all the time. <laughs> why, why put me down for behaving like an animal? We well, can just kill everybody. You see it all day long. That's logic, people. I mean, the, the lion, you know, the, the lamb's not laying with the lion right now. Yeah. You're not gonna go throw a little, you know, little bunny rabbit right in front of a bear and he's gonna pet him. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen, you know. But there's always gonna be attack. God's, especially on God's people. No, it's never gonna change. Children whom, verse number 4, was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge, understanding, science. And such as had the ability to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. You know, these were smart kids. Like I said before, that word science appears twice in the King James Bible. Almost all the other versions have taken that word out. The other time it, pre, it appears over, I think Second Timothy, understanding or I forget, so-called science is the word they take, they put it in there, but they took it out. You know why? Because they teach that in schools. Well, science doesn't go with Bible. Well, yeah, it does. Right? Yeah, it does. Creation. It's a history book. It's a history book. You can't dis- They they dug up the walls of Jericho. You know what they found? There's one wall still standing. Oh. So it's right. Joshua chapter 4. Well, we already knew that. But you didn't believe it. But now you can't disprove it. We already know it by faith. And you ain't going to get away from this book. Smart kids understanding science. They were skillful. They could stand and speak in front of the king. You know what? It's good to learn another language. Especially, I mean, if you want to go be a missionary somewhere, you know, I don't, I know enough Spanish to get me buying my trade, but I'd like to learn another language to go, you know, go to another country, help out another missionary somewhere. I think, I think that'd be fun. My niece got to do it. My nephew got to do it. Um, I would, I should have had my kids do it, but I don't want my kids learning the tongue of this world. Teaching, they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. Yeah, you can learn the Chaldean, Arabic, or whatever it is. But they start hanging around lost people and start talking like them and using their slang. Right? You know all the grotesque, perverted, and worldly whatever insert. That's all in all kinds of music today. You don't want to learn that tongue. You need to stay away from that. God's got a whole way of talking in here. And I'm preaching it myself here. You know, when I smash my finger, thank you, Jesus, usually isn't the first thing that comes out of my mouth. And I'm working on it. You know, I really am. I really am. I hide that word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know what I mean? I heard, brother, did you know hearing, cussing is a sin? If you hear cussing, our brother preached on it. It's in Exodus chapter, I forget. I have to look it up. Remember that? Yeah, I didn't even recognize that. I was like, oh, man. Worldly tongue. Having a worldly tongue. Look at verse number five. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. And of the wine which he drinks, so nourishing them in three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. You know what that Bible says right there in the middle? It says, so nourishing them there. So nourishing them. You know what? There's a, there's a lot of things in this world that people tell you is good for you that isn't. Careful. Careful what rich people tell you what's good for you. They say you know what you're gonna you eat this meat you drink this wine you know what you're you're gonna be able to stand before the king, but you only got to do it for three years. What? <laughs> three years. Three years. It is, but it ain't good for you. Look at Proverbs chapter. I gotta get this. Sneak it in there. Proverbs chapter twenty three. Hold your place there. Turn to Proverbs chapter twenty three. I'm reading my Proverbs every day and texting a devotion to a couple of brothers. Just a quick thought here, but Proverbs chapter 23, verse number one says, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if there will be a man given appetite. I mean, that's kind of a violent verse. <laughs> I mean... It really is. I mean, it's, but it's, it's truth. It's serious. And God wants to put it in a cross in a serious way. Be not desirous of his dainies, for they are deceitful meat. And then it says this labor, not to be rich, cease from thy own wisdom. And I'm telling you what, right now I see, I see rich people all day long. I got a card from this guy the other day. He goes, "Oh, here." I said, well, I, "I told him you said you said you were paying for all the materials, and the materials are thousands of dollars." So he pulls out the black card and hands it to me. You know what that is? 100. Yeah, it's a metal credit card, two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand. I mean, no questions asked. You go buy a Lamborghini, <laughs> blink. You know, serious. And he's a pretty decent guy. You know, he is. Yeah, he is. You know, he actually does help out churches. But I've met some other ones that. You just don't want to listen to them. They rip people off. Careful what you start desiring after. I don't want to be like this guy. I really don't. I'm content where I'm at. You know, labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. Careful what. Careful with those people, those kings. Um, three years, three years long, you know what? They'd be used to it by that time. Three years of that meat. You know what? you heard of Vladimir Lenin. He's before Stalin. One of the rulers of Russia. He said this. This is one of his quotes. And we got all this socialism and Marxism going on in our schools today. This is what. This is one of his quotes. He says, "Give me, give me four years to teach the children, and the seed of I have sown will never be uprooted." So he said you can look it up give me four years to teach the children and the seed i have sown they will never be uprooted and people send their kids to these public schools for however many years and they say i don't know what happened to my kid did you check on him when he came home and this and that you've been checking on your kids i mean by the way that's a biblical principle Train up a child in the way he should go, yeah. and when he is older, he will not depart. Proverbs twenty two six. Mm-hmm. Satan knows that verse. Yeah. He'll take a good thing and twist it. Yeah. I'm going to watch watch this guy. I'm going to. He's going to take this. He's going to take these kids and ha ha. He's going to quote scripture doing it. He's just going to twist it around. That seed that I have sown will never be uprooted. What's that sound like? Yeah. I didn't have TVs back in eighteen hundreds. They weren't just, they, they knew this book. They hated this book back then too. Yeah. They hated it. So nourishing them three years at the end thereof, they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children. Notice these were kids. A lot of kids in here. Of Judah, the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. So there you get their names. That's where you kind of, we always call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, that's just the go-to, you know what I mean? What's their real names? Uh, you know, <laughs> um, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. There you go. That's what, If you want to get that one for your Bible quiz later, there you go. Daniel 1, verse 6. But, uh, verse number eight is the ever so popular verse. And it's a great verse. And it's, it's a life verse. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You know what he purposed in his heart? You know, you're going to have to purpose in your heart. It's always going to come down to a heart thing. The matter of the heart. Always. I don't want to do that. Why? Are you lusting after to go do something else? Do you not just have time? Is God not important enough? To defile himself with the meat and the wine. I like how Brother Dan Gookin said it. He said this years ago. He says, imagine this, all these kids are around and they've never ate any meat. And he said, this was the first time these kids probably ever smelled bacon. <laughs> and I says, And you're right. Probably the first time they ever smelled bacon. You know what I mean? And every, I mean, anybody in here hate to smell a bacon? I know there were some people, but only oh, in my wife. Yeah, nobody likes it in the house, I guess. But and I love bacon, the smell of bacon. But Daniel says, you know what? I ain't going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that pig because that's an unclean animal. My God said that thing's unclean and I'm going to keep my vessel clean and I'm not going to eat it. Meanwhile, everybody else, all the other kids are like, well, you know, bacon sure smells good. Now you can insert that with whatever they're teaching today. I mean, they've just, they're passing all these drug laws. Now when I was a kid, I knew that alcohol was bad and I knew I knew marijuana was real bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's legal. Yeah. But everybody says, oh, it ain't bad for you. You don't see people, you know, blah, 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 getting stoned and killing people. No, but they're getting all kinds of wrecks because they're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. They got lung problems. They got blood problems. It's not good for you. Right. It wasn't meant to smoke. I'm not saying they don't have medicinal per- medicinal purposes. You know what I mean? God created it. But I don't think he created it for people to smoke. No. You know, anyhow, I don't want to so nourishing them it's good for you one hit won't hurt tell that to the heroin junkie take the one guy who took a bunch of Oxycontins got in a car accident maybe because he was stoned wasn't paying attention went off the road ended up having to take Oxycontins got addicted to those because the pain was so bad then they kicked him off they wouldn't let him have it at the hospital so now he's addicted to heroin That's just running the trail right there. That's all That is, and And I've seen it. My wife's seen it. Purpose in your heart. Purpose in your heart not to defile yourself with worldly wisdom. Look at Proverbs. I've been reading, like I said, turn to Proverbs chapter 17. Today's the 17th. Proverbs chapter 17. Here's a couple more. Um, well, because I read the Bible with my own biased, I call them violent verses, (laughs) but it's worldly wisdom that God's talking about here. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 10, it says a reproof entereth more in a wise man you know, somebody just reproofs you. Somebody tells you how to do something better. Somebody just gives you a little bit of instruction, tells you you're doing wrong, reproves you, tells you, you know what, you're doing it wrong, just the right way to do it. Which is Proverbs tells you the whole thing. Yeah. Reproofs you. A reproof entereth more in a wise man than a hundred stripes in a fool. You can't whip wisdom into anybody. So that just says, a guy that reproofs wisdom, a guy who will receive that Reproof, it's, yeah, he's wiser than that one guy that got beat a hundred times. A hundred. I don't know if 101 is the magic number. I seriously doubt that's what that means. But a hundred, it's pretty severe. And there's there's this one, verse number 12. This is, let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man. Okay, do we understand that right there? Have you ever seen a video? The guy's walking through the woods and he sees this bear and they go, uh-oh, it's got cubs. <laughs> and you're like, I feel bad for you. Right? You're like, buddy, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I mean, I've seen endless videos, guys in the woods and comes across mama bear and there are two cubs. Man, you're in trouble. But this Bible, the Bible, God takes it a little bit further. He says, no, you're going to meet a bear. You're going to meet a mama bear. But somebody took her cubs. <laughs> Let a bear robbed her whelps meet a man. Rather than a fool in his folly. Can you just, I mean, think about that just for a little bit. You're, you're walking down the road and that your Lord said, this is a turning point in your life right here. There's this bear over here that the, somebody just robbed him from her cubs. And then there's this fool over here that you just never want to be around ever in his, in your life. And God says, better go that way. (laughs) And you're like, nope. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's what the Lord says. Better to meet that bear because the end thereof is better. You might have some scars. But over here, you might you could end up dead. You know what I mean? There's a way that seems right unto man, but there end ways thereof are in death. And that's that fool. That's that one that didn't trust in God. That's that one that's just going to mock at God. That's that one that doesn't believe everything God says. Better just get chewed on a little bit and spit out. <laughs> I, I, okay, I thought about it a little while. I'm going to be honest. I thought about that one. I mean, it's pretty severe verse. Amen. I mean, that's I call I call it a violent verse. Only cause it's two V's, you know, you're Baptist, you gotta make the, everything have two, whatever. <laughs> My brother-in-law loved me for that. <laughs> and I'm just playing. But, uh, but it's true. Worldly wisdom. You know what? You need to, you need to purpose to read your Bible. You need to. You got a purpose to pray. You got a purpose to look for God and listen. You got a purpose here to look for your daily provision of His meat, the real King's meat, your Heavenly Father's meat, and what He's got for you—the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And you know what? You got to be filled with it. Take His wine. You know what that Bible says? It says be filled with the spirit and not wine. Wine's always a type of the spirit. Back in the day, they'd call, they'd call that hard alcohol. You know what they called it? Spirits. Even then when they were in Acts, look at these guys. These guys are all drunk. Man, I've been in services like that. God shows up and everybody's just, it's a hugging service. It's weird. You know what I mean? And everybody's sober, but filled with the spirit. It's great. That's the meat I want. That's the wine I want. You know what you got to have? You got a purpose in your heart to have a good attitude. This is Daniel, stripped from his mom and his daddy. Now he's got this eunuch watching over him. got people telling him what to do. These four boys are all captives. Life's changed. Different circumstance. Makes me think of that little maid. Second Kings chapter five. And they went into the, the Israel and they took away the little maid captive. And she said, Oh, would to God that the prophet that, that Naaman was in the prophet of Samaria or he'd go to the Samaria where the prophet is over there for he'd heal him indeed. That whole story doesn't even exist without that little maid. I've said that a few times. I've said it a hundred times, and I'll continue to say it. Doesn't because her attitude, her faith she had, her circumstances didn't put her down like this. She goes, "Oh, would to God that He'd be over there with that prophet in Samaria. He'd heal, heal him from his leprosy." You know, she lifted everybody up around her. I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, they both still did what was right. You know what? You got a purpose in your heart to make friends. Now think of this. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. You know what? You need good friends in this. You need good friends. I don't need friends. I just need God. Best of luck to you. I need friends too. I seen how, I seen how Elisha handled it. And I love Elisha and I'm not putting Elisha down one bit. I said, I'm out here, all by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, wait a second. You just, you were just talking with Obadiah, and he hid 500 in a cave. You just need a little bit of fellowship, bud. Yeah. Need a little fellowship. That's just, that's not doctrine, by the way. That's just. I've thought about it for a little while. It's not a good thing that man's alone. We all need friends. I like friends. I like friends praying for me. Thank you for praying for me. We all need to pray for one another. It's good to be there in a, in a time of trouble. And you've read it time and time again. Jonathan and David. Joshua and Moses. You know, think of the palsy guy. Remember the palsied guy? Mark chapter, I forget what. He says they get to the house, and he gets all the way to the house, and it says the house was full, and they couldn't get the palsied guy in there. A palsied guy. You don't want this guy on your sports team. And you know what it says? It said there was no room. They couldn't even get him through the door, but Jesus was in there. And you know what his friend said? His friend said, you know what? We're just going to go up on top of the roof and rip the roof off, and we'll lower you down in. <laughs> you guys are going to do that? Yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> Read it. That's what he did. And Jesus didn't even rebuke them for ripping the roof off. Right. <laughs> Jesus saw their face and sa- or saw their faith, he says. Yeah. He Saw their faith and just like, man, you guys are cool. You know, you guys <laughs> had all that faith in me just to do that. <laughs> Don't rip off the, ne- you know what I mean? Jesus didn't say that. No. I'm just talking about having good friends. Yeah. Well, friends that are going to go a little, little extra mile for you, not just leave you at the door. Well, Jesus will be out here in a minute. Just flag him down. No, we're going to rip the roof off this place and pour you right down in there right to him. It's good to have good friends. You've got a purpose to, to be friendly. He who hath friends must show himself friendly. You know what? you got a purpose in your heart to continue. Verse number 21, and Daniel continued even under the first year of King Cyrus. Just keep going. It gets hard. Life's not always easy. It's not. Life is going to be hard. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'll tell you what, with God and these words, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And it just kind of, you have a peace that passeth all understanding. You got this confidence in the Lord. You got this trust. And you know, it just, you just go on. You just continue. You just keep on keeping on. You just keep on going on for the Lord. Just keep continuing, coming to church, midweek service. Praise God for all of you. I pray you get a blessing. God is good. You got a purpose in your heart. This one, this one. I wrote this one down just for me. You got a purpose in your heart to be charitable. <laughs> I won't look at my wife. <laughs> you gotta be charitable. You know? You never know who. Ezekiel Nebuchadnezzar. He was crazy. Maniac of Gadara. It's one of my favorite stories. Naked, we wore no clothes, living in a graveyard, everybody was scared of him, till one day Jesus got a hold of him. And it says he was clothed and in his right mind and all the people were scared. I'm like, what? I love that verse. You just never know. But you know what the Bible says about charity? The Bible says charity never faileth. Never. Never. I said I wrote that one in there for me. Moving right along. No, but it, it it's good. It's good to be charity. Have charity. It's the greatest. Doing right. Living holy. You know, purpose in your heart to commit. The Bible says Proverbs chapter 16, three commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You know what? Just commit to some things. Commit to reading your Bible. Commit to get to know God. Commit that when you're reading your Proverbs or you're reading whatever passage and the Lord says you need to work on that, that you'll commit to trying to change, to be more charitable. I'm not going to say the other one. That's for me to know. That's me and God. <laughs> Pray for me. You know what? you got a purpose in your heart to consecrate yourself. Just set yourself apart like these vessels, you know sanctify yourself. pastors go to verse proverb or Romans chapter twelve one and two. I'm not going to go there but we all know it. You know what you can live holy, you can live holy, but you're going to have to purpose in your heart. Verse number nine says, "Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and tender love with his prince of the eunuchs." You know what? God still protected Daniel, and I imagine a lot of that had to do with Daniel being here's the word obedient yeah. obedience. Nobody likes to say that word, but you know what? If you disobey the Lord and you're constantly disobedient, read Proverbs; you'll find out your outcome. It's not good. Hard transgressors the waste hard. You say, Oh, you just no, I'm just quoting scripture. That's it. But you're just obedient. I mean in in Daniel's right mind and he, in his fair argument, he could have complained all he wanted. You took me away from my family, I don't know, you know. Da 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 da. da, 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 da. But he didn't. And God blessed him for it. And the prince of eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord. And the prince of eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head unto the king. And he said, look, man, if you don't start eating this meat, that, you don't take all this good stuff that we're supposed to be giving you. He said, they're going to see and you're going to be like this. And he says, you know what? And then the king would say, how come they ain't been eaten? That was your job to feed them. And he says, now they're going to chop my head off. You're in danger in my thing. And here's the challenge. I'll just close it off with this. Here's the challenge, Daniel says. Then said Daniel, verse number 11, to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, prove thy servants I beseech thee ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. And let our countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. I go, Ooh, that's a fair challenge. That's fair. So he challenges them. He says, You know what? Ten days. <clears throat> Ten days. And he says, after 10 days, you can come over. He says, you, you you come look at me and you come look over at those kids. Can I say something? The same is true with Christians. Moses was up on a hill for 40 days talking with God. And he comes down off that mountain and what's it say? It says his face shone. And all the people went, Hey man, your face is glowing. <laughs> You've got to put a veil over your face. You're scaring me. Mm-hmm. You know, people that have been around the Lord yeah. yep. and you know, the other people that haven't been hanging around the Lord. Right. Yep. It's, you can see it in their face. You can right. see it in their countenance. Right. I'm not saying just look, observe it. That's what the Bible says. Look and observe it. Check it out. Look for yourself. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. I'm not judging that, you know, Pray for him. But you know it. one preacher said, how am I going to know when I got the Holy Ghost on me? He says, others will know it before you will. Others will know it before you will. That's what they knew with Moses. Moses didn't even know his face was glowing. He just shows up in the camp and they're all, what in the world, dude? Your face is glowing. His face shone. You know it. Verse number 14, so he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. Verse number 15, at the end of the ten days, their countenance appeared. Now here's your three-point sermon outline. Fairer, fatter, and the flesh. There it is. I'm going to tell my brother-in-law Kevin about that one. Then all the children which did eat of the portion of the king's meat. So it says there, you know, he he accepted that challenge. It says there was fairer, fatter, and the flesh than all the children which did eat of the portion. Verse number 16, Then Melchizedek took away the portion of their meat and the wine which they should drink and gave them pulse. You know what? He says, you know what? You're right. You're right. He noticed something different about them. He noticed that they just, them eating them vegetables, them doing what God said to do. He noticed that they was just a little bit better. Not just a little bit, but they was fairer and fatter in the flesh. But I mean, that's a good thing to be in the Lord, fairer and fatter in flesh than God verse number 17, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Who did the giving there? God. That's right. But you got to seek it. You're going to have to look for it. You're going to have to hearken unto it. You're going to have to read it. James actually had to be the verse of the day. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. I mean, isn't that nice about God? I got convicted when I read that. I said, oh man, I should probably be a little more charitable. And upbraideth not. And it shall be given them. God give you wisdom when you read this book. You ask for it with the right heart. Verse number 18. Now at the end of the days, the king had said he should bring them in. The prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them was all found none, like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. I did not say that. It is neat, though, that there's only three years. Three, three years back then. You know what you need a degree now? You need four years. Guess they had a better system or something. Anyhow. And the king communed with them, verse number 19. And among them was, among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. You know what the king noticed that? The lost guy knew that. You know it's amazing when if you just get out there and, and you're talking with people, especially with richer people, and you say something all you're doing is quoting scripture and it's it's irrefutable. And it, you can't quote it in a way that you just quote it. Like you, you love it, like it's talk, like it's words. I mean Am I making sense? Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar's words are in here. Yeah. He's not even, I mean, he's, he doesn't even know God over here. By chapter four, he's, he's there, you're quoting his scripture. It's scripture, you know what I mean? Yep. He said, man, I learned it. Man, I learned about God. Yeah. And he uses he pride, walks in pride, he's able to obey him. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I, it took me seven years, but I learned it. And he went to real school, hard knocks. So the challenge: read it. Yeah. Read it for ten days, yeah. every day. I challenge the kids with this Sunday. I said, "Read it ten days. Your Proverbs every day. Yeah. Just read your Proverbs." And see if they don't just start lining up and start stacking up, and you're like, well oh, man, I better not hang around the bear. It's better to go meet a bear robbed of her whelps than a fool in his folly." Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's not even. Cra- That's the word of God. Right. That's how severe that is. The challenge. Read it. Hearken unto it. You know what? Fast. Pray and fast. Read your Bible. Pray for others. Always pray for others. Pastor preached on that Job. Brother Mike preached on Job too. Down the kids. That was that was cool. But Job prayed for his friends. That's what God wanted. Pray for them, and watch that God don't answer your prayer. It'll help you. It really will. It helps me when I see pastor here after praying. It helps me when I pray for my kids and I see them actually reading their Bible and asking questions. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to pray for all you and see you here tonight. God is good. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Go listen to his voice. Not just mine. Amen. I'm just Mike. This is, this is where all the power's at. This book right here. I challenge you to read it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this book, Lord. I thank you for your son, Lord. And just, uh, Lord, I just thank you most of forgiveness of sins. Lord, thank you for saving my soul. Lord, thank you for everybody here, Lord. And I just pray for everybody. Touch their hearts, Lord. I pray, pray for our pastor, Lord. As he's still in the hospital, Lord, I pray you can heal him up. Lord, he'd get out shortly. And Lord, we just might rejoice, give Thee honor and glory as we always do. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.